There are some movies that are so brilliant, so seminal, so perennial, you can find their DNA in a whole host of other films. For example, John Ford's classic western from 1956, The Searchers. That can be seen in anything and everything, from Saving Private Ryan and Cold Mountain to Oh Brother Where Art Thou and Finding Nemo. Yes, The Searchers is a reconfiguration of Homer's Odyssey, but even Homer's epic is inspired by a perennial human truth, the wish to return home. Why is that theme so perennial? Because, as Dorothy Gale tells us in The Wizard of Oz, there is no place like home. Now, since The Wizard of Oz was made in 1939, the question may be asked, could it have influenced the searchers? Look at the way John Ford opens his film. It is one of cinema's most iconic openings ever. It opens with a door opening. But look closely at the moment in The Wizard of Oz where Dorothy opens the door to her family home and says, Kansas anymore. So, besides The Searchers, what other films has The Wizard of Oz influenced? Let's begin with the most obvious one. David Lynch's 1990 Palme d'Or winner, Wild at Heart. Hey, baby! Oh, wow! Baby, I got a surprise for you. What? Hey, my snakeskin jacket! Thanks, baby! Did I ever tell you that this here jacket represents a symbol of my individuality and my belief in personal freedom? About 50,000 times. I got us a room at the Cape Fear. And guess what? Power Man's playing at the Hurricane. Stabbing and steer. While Lynch's movie is based on Frank Gifford's novel about two sex-obsessed delinquents, Sailor and Lula, Lynch radically changed a lot of elements to incorporate a whole host of references to The Wizard of Oz. Gifford's novel sends his two desperados across the American South, and Lynch's movie puts the duo on the yellow brick road. He has Lula clicking her heels like Dorothy, and at the very end, Sailor being visited by a vision of Glenda, the good witch. Then there is George Lucas's American Graffiti, that has Richard Dreyfus as Kurt, heading out to a remote radio station in Southern California, all in the hope of placing a special request with the legendary DJ, the Wolfman only to discover the truth behind the curtain. Who is this on the Wolfman telephone? Diane. How you doing, Diane? All right. That's the Wolfman. Do you love me? He's on tape. <laughs> the man is on tape. So you love me? Well, yeah. uh, where, where is he now? I mean, uh, where does he work? The Wolfman is everywhere. And that is not to mention another Lucas picture. Remember when Obi-Wan Kenobi dies and just disappears, leaving behind his brown cape? Well, something similar happens when Dorothy douses the Wicked Witch with water. Also, Chewbacca looks like the Cowardly Lion and C-3PO resembles the Tin Man. Then there is this recent hit. I volunteer as tribute. Uh, I believe we have a volunteer. Uh, I need to get out of here. You need to get out of here. No. Go find mom. No. Mom, go find mom right now. No. So sorry. No. Go find mom. No. Family. Go find mom. No. No. Dramatic turn of events. Look, I could go on and list all of the visual similarities in Lord of the Rings, but I won't, simply because the one I like the most is the one that is perhaps the most subtle. 
but once you know it, you see everything in it. Ladies and gentlemen, the evening is over. We hope you all enjoyed yourselves, and we'll see you all again in 1974. Good evening! <laughs> In Cameron Crowe's almost famous, Dorothy is William. Rural Kansas is suburban San Diego. You switch monochrome and technicolor for eight-track stereo rock and roll, and you see that where Dorothy always carries Toto, William always carries his tape recorder. There is no Wicked Witch, only the deadline for the interview, but the Yellow Brick Road is obviously the tour, and just as Dorothy has the Tin Man, the Scarecrow, and the Cowardly Lion, so too does William have his assortment of musicians, roadies and band-aids. And at the end of the fantastic adventure, William ends up at home just like Dorothy. Now, let's start again and move in a different direction. There are some stories that prove to be so popular, it's tempting to take a closer look and try to unlock the secrets for their success. You know, to figure out what they're really about. For instance, Robocop isn't about a law enforcement cyborg. A man of justice is murdered, resurrected, and he even walks on water. Likewise, Superman isn't about some guy who wears his red speedos outside his pants, but instead is about not one, but two stories from the Old Testament. Moses, whose parents sent him away so that he could escape the massacre of the innocents. And Samson, the strongest man on earth with one fatal weakness. So, what is The Wizard of Oz really about? I think it's about the important things in life. Kindness and goodness and friends and family and yes, home. But just the same, all I kept saying to everybody was I want to go home. And they sent me home. <laughs> Doesn't anybody believe me? Of course we believe you, though. Oh, but anyway, Toto, we're home. Home. And this is my room. And you're all here. And I'm not going to leave here ever, ever again. Because I love you all. And, oh, Annie M, there's no place like home. But we have to remember that the movie is based on a book written in 1900 by L. Frank Bohm. So, although some elements I'm going to mention are in the book, they're not in the movie. For instance, some people view The Wizard of Oz as an allegory of Christian faith. Dorothy is a stranger in a strange land, read Pilgrim. She meets a number of outcasts. They head along a yellow brick road that could be the road to salvation. At the end of that road, there is the Emerald City, i.e. heaven. But after that, the reading gets silly, because the same people will tell you that when Dorothy throws water on the Wicked Witch, she is baptizing her, and, well, the witch is so darn wicked, the water burns her. I think for that reading to work, you have to be taking some sort of narcotic. Now, my beauty, something with poison in it, I think. With poison in it, but attractive to the eye, and soothing to the smell. Put them to sleep. Sleep. Now they'll sleep. 
counterbalancing that is the idea that The Wizard of Oz is not a Christian allegory, but rather an allegory for atheists. The wizard himself is a charlatan, a mere mortal who hides behind a curtain spouting all sorts of nonsensical pronouncements that people take to be pearls of wisdom. Why? Because, now this happens in the book and not in the movie, in the Emerald City everything appears to be green simply because the wizard insists everyone wear green tinted glasses. Sounds daft? Well, some God-fearing folks want the book banned on grounds of blasphemy. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? Who, me? I'm not a witch at all. I'm Dorothy Gale from Kansas. Oh, well, is that the witch? Oh, Toto? Toto's my dog. <laughs> well, I'm a little muddled. The munchkins call me because a new witch has just dropped a house on the Wicked Witch of the East. And there's the house, and here you are, and that's all that's left of the Wicked Witch of the East. Munchkins want to know is are you a good witch or a bad witch? If you think that's weird, The Wizard of Oz is an allegory for late 19th century American economics. The Tin Man is the industrial worker, the Scarecrow symbolizes the farmer, and Dorothy is your Jane Doe citizen. The Emerald City represents the dollar bill, and the wizard is the president, while Oz, O Z, represents ants, which was a standard way for weighing gold. The Wicked Witch of the East represents the bankers, but just like the Christian reading, things fall apart here because the Wicked Witch of the West is killed when Dorothy throws water on her. According to this reading, the Wicked Witch of the West represents drought. Can that analysis really hold water? I recently sat down and watched it with my two nieces. Age 12 and 10, they loved it. While they preferred Katniss from The Hunger Games, they did say Dorothy was kind and very protective and supportive of her friends. They also said it reminded them of Alice in Wonderland, young girls in a dreamlike world and both those worlds have wicked and kindly witches and queens. Alice has the rabbit, Dorothy has a dog. They each meet very strange characters. At this point, I asked my nieces about America's economic need to get away from the gold standard, to which they said, Stephen, Oz represents a Keynesian macroeconomic model. The glaring truth hidden behind the curtain is that more government spending leads to more jobs and growth. Happy little bluebirds fly beyond the rainbow.